Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza with com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast coming at you with happening headlines for Wild Card Weekend. A huge, huge week for the Cincinnati Bengals, the city of Cincinnati, all kinds of different stuff. And we've got a big week on the podcast. We're going to get you all kinds of uh, caught up with all kinds of news around the league, with the team, with the Raiders, all kinds of different stuff as the Bengals get set to host the, uh, I almost called them Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders um, at Paul Brown Stadium this Saturday, 4.30 Eastern to kick off Wild Card Weekend, a gigantic weekend. We've got this show. We've got a big show on Wednesday with John Sheeran and myself, special guest Joe Goodberry, one of Bengals Nation's favorite follows, one of the NFL Draft World's favorite follows. So we're going to talk all kinds of different things, definitely focus on the Bengals versus Raiders. Also, maybe a little look ahead in terms of the draft and all kinds of different stuff with Joe. Great guy, great follow on Twitter and uh, a good friend of the show. So looking forward to that one. We've got a Believe in Podcast uh, guest spot Dennis Ackerman we're going to do a a standalone episode with that to help preview and get a good look over the other side of the fence on what's going on with the Raiders this weekend so we've got that coming up we've got listener questions live and we're going to get most if not all of the Cincy Jungle podcasters which includes Zim Huday myself John Sheeran Ace Boogie and Coach Matt Minnick we're going to try and get the whole crew together Friday afternoon Eastern, we're going to be fielding your questions and stuff. So get those super chats queued up, get those texts and calls queued up. We're going to we're going to be uh, giving you all kinds of different stuff and loading you up with content before the big day on Saturday as the Bengals again host the Raiders at Paul Brown Stadium, 430 Eastern. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza. This is the Orange and Black Insider. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel if you are new here. And welcome if you are. You can subscribe to the channel right down here. There's a little icon. Click that to to click and subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. And that way you can never miss an episode, whether it's live, whether it's after the fact, whatever the case may be, you can catch all the episodes. Hopefully you like the channel. If, If you do, give us a thumbs up on the YouTube channel. And of course, if you prefer the audio side of things, you can get this show. Orange is the New Black from Mason Zim, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk from Matt Minnick, and our crossover episodes all on your favorite audio streamers, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major ones, we are there. You got to subscribe to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Leave us a review if you could. Help uh, get us a little bit up the, the pecking order in the podcast world, if you don't mind, and hopefully you dig what we bring you, whether it's our show. Orange is the New Black, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk. Hopefully you like all of them. If not, maybe you've got a couple of favorites in there. And we appreciate all of the support that you show us. 
across all of the episodes and of course at cincyjungle.com where you can get all your Bengals news, etc. Okay, so that out of the way. We're going to get to a lot of Bengals news. Super chats are open in the YouTube. If you if you're tuning in there and are so inclined, have a comment, question, etc., we'll uh, keep an eye out for that. But we're gonna we're gonna as we usually do on this episode, we're going to scan through a lot of headlines. Not we're not going to focus so much on the Browns game as we know at that point. Number one, that's in the rear view. Number two, the Bengals weren't playing a lot of their starters, a lot of their important players in that one. So. You know, it, it, at this point, it's kind of like, well, I mean, we, we can look back a little bit at that, but we're really going to start looking ahead to the Raiders game, see where the Bengals are at at the present in terms of their roster, where where all kinds of stuff uh, is leading at this point in time. And uh, yeah, Bryson Holloway in the in the Facebook chat, Browns can have that win. Oddly enough, the way everything played out, the Baltimore Ravens end up in the cellar of the AFC North after their loss to the Steelers in the final weekend, the Browns beating the Bengals, the Bengals winning the division, the Steelers getting in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the Ravens were kind of the runaway favorite in the division. A lot of people thought the Browns would make some headway as well, but after the results in, in week 18, it still seems weird to say week 18. I'm still trying to get used to that, but after the results in week 18, uh, the AFC North just got completely flipped upside down. The two teams that a lot of folks, at least outside of Bengals Nation and outside of Steelers Nation, thought would be at the bottom of the division end up finishing at the top and both make the postseason. Look, I'm not a Steelers guy. I don't like the Steelers as a as a Bengals guy. You got to marvel at the fact. I, I I don't. I'm not expecting them to do very to fare well in Kansas City. This weekend, and we'll talk about the point spread and all kinds of different stuff on that as it is. But you have to marvel at the fact that they made it into the postseason. That tie screwed all kinds of different things up. The tie with the Lions earlier in the year. And with a not great roster, with an aging Ben Roethlisberger, with so many questions on that team, the Steelers are in it again. The Steelers are in the postseason again. I can't. I I said, don't ever count them out until they're out. Until final, final game of the regular season, until they are eliminated, do not ever count the Steelers out. That is how well run of an organization they are, despite what we all think of them, and they're they're in the postseason. So at any rate, here we go. Let's get let's get to some stuff and uh, we'll be here for, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. we'll We'll see how it goes. But as I usually do, I'm gonna share a lot of different stuff on this, uh, on the video portion. And of course I'm going to kind of narrate over that for, for those who aren't watching the video, but this is on cincyjungle.com and I'm going to pin for those watching, uh, and or listening in the live Facebook and or YouTube chats. Uh, I am going to pin this, pin this article here for you all to check out at cincyjungle.com. Look, there are a lot of, I I do want to say, Obviously, we're a Cincy Jungle podcast. Our show is on the Cincy Jungle SB Nation network. So we tend to, um, you know, I, I, I want to give the, the links to cincyjungle.com that we have out there because we put out a ton of content on there and good stuff, news, opinions, analysis, et cetera. But there are some other really great websites outside, you know, the, the official team site, of course, run by Jeff Hobson, 
Marissa Contepelli, et cetera, bangles.com. Of course, the Cincinnati Inquirer with Kelsey Conway, Charlie Goldsmith, Mike Petralia out there who's on our show recently, as was Charlie Goldsmith. Um, they're out there doing a, a ton of stuff. The all Bengals army there with James Rapine, Lindsey Patterson, Bengals songs, et cetera. Uh, uh, you know, Blake Jewell, the whole, the whole crew there, they do great work. So um, a lot of good sites. And then of course, Bengals wire with Chris rolling. So I gotta give a shout out with a lot of our, uh, uh, our, uh, partners and and uh you know other sites out there they do awesome awesome work so um while we're going to give you largely cincy jungle links and we hope that you check out the cincy jungle leaks also got to give a shout out to all the great people that cover the team uh in a lot of different respects ben baby from espn as well don't didn't want to count him out the guys at the athletic paul daner jr and uh, Jay Morrison, they do great work. So, you know, you got, you got a lot of different ways to check out Bengals coverage. And so I want to give, make sure I give everybody their due because they do awesome, awesome work. A, a lot of which a lot of those folks have, have been very generous to us on this show. And I want to, I want to give them a shout out too. But at any rate, like I said, we're going to, we're going to focus in on the Cincy jungle sites here. This is from past Patrick Judas, the snap count takeaways from the 2021 regular season. So here, a couple little key points. Not going to go over everything. The Bengals got out-snapped. Um, so they ran 1,046 offensive plays. Their opponents ran 1,075 plays. Now, not a huge disparity there, but I, I just want to point that out. And I think that's interesting because the Bengals were involved in a lot of blowout games. A couple on the on the wrong side of things, but also some others where they had blowouts and teams were playing catch up and holding the ball late, et cetera. Um, also the Bengals kind of had a little more of an explosive offense this year where drives were not the huge methodical drives all of the time. They were shorter drives that led to expo- explosive plays. And so therefore they were putting up points a little more quickly than in years past. So the other uh, item with that, that you need to kind of consider the Bengals were the least penalized team in the league. Usually when there's a penalty, that means there's more snaps that have to happen on offense. There's more, uh, you know, drives can take a little longer if you are able to get out of the hole that you dig for yourself on those on those penalties. So all of those are taken into account. Um, CJ Uzama showed his importance. That's another point here. The Jackson Carmen discussion. So all kinds of interesting points here. Um, and we will uh, get. So here you go. You've got Akeem Davis Gaither. Unfortunately, did not, uh, you know, did not finish the season. He had an injury and is on IR, but he had 207 defensive snaps. Uh, Auden Tate, everybody's favorite guy in the preseason. And I like the guy a lot. Uh, he, he's got good skills, but unfortunately just continued to go down. The pecking order did not have much of an impact at all on offense. In fact, Mike Thomas uh, kind of got got up on him uh, on, on the pecking order at wide receiver. 115 snaps, 10.5% of the um, 10.5% of the offensive snaps. Austin Calitro, who was recently waived, only 20 snaps on defense. BJ Hill getting 502 snaps, uh, about 45% of the snaps. That is a big, big key. A guy who has come in and played very well for the Bengals on a rotational basis. And that interior of the defensive line has made a lot of things go on that defense. Not only have they been producing themselves, Larry Ogunjobi, BJ Hill, Josh Tupo, DJ Reader, but 
They have allowed the edge rushers to to have a lot more freedom and free them up for a lot a lot of other plays. The linebackers were playing a lot better, uh, particularly earlier in the season. So um, getting 502 snaps from a guy who's kind of a cast off, a trade guy from the Giants in B.J. Hill is a big, big deal. So good move by the Bengals there as expected. Look at C.J. Ozama's snaps. Uh, we're going to kind of skip over some of these guys, but C.J. Ozama, 802 snaps, playing about 73% of the offensive snaps. That's not only because of his leadership, his skill, his contributions, but also a little bit of a weakness at that overall position in terms of depth and what they asked Drew Sample to do, more of a blocker, not so much a guy that helps out in the passing game. So uh, Uzama kind of the focal point at tight at the tight end spot for the team, 73% of the snaps, basically 72.98. Cam Sample, rookie, rotational edge guy, getting uh, 28% 27.58%, 310 total snaps. Awuzie getting 777 snaps, playing about uh, 69% of the snaps. Unfortunately, missed a, a, you know, some, a little bit of time there, but has been a great pickup for this team. Very, very solid. Not getting a ton of turnovers, but just a guy who's been playing kind of lockdown corner for this for this team. Chris Evans, only 8.6% only, uh, of the snaps. I know they like P. Ryan. I know they're using Mixon heavily. I think we thought that Evans was going to be used a little bit more, particularly as a receiver. So that was a little surprising. Go down here, DJ Reader getting 590. So just just uh, under 53% of the snaps for DJ Reader as a rotational piece. He is the nose. So you knew he wasn't going to play a ton, ton of snaps. I mean, that's a lot of snaps, but as compared to others. And of course, you knew that Lou Anarumo wanted to rotate a lot of these guys in and out of the lineup and the interior of the defensive line, keep guys fresh, keep guys healthy. And that's been a key for this team. You see Drew Sample, 459 snaps, uh, just under 42% of the amount of snaps. Darius Phillips, yes, he ended the season on IR, but a, a disappointing 90 snaps on defense, just 8%. That's uh, something that is really shocking as is the Eli Apple stat 979 defensive snaps 87.1%. Now he has played pretty well over the past month month and a half here. Uh really the back half of the season in general. But he's also had a couple of dropped interceptions. This is the time where those need to be cleaned up. You can't let these opportunities fall through your hands there, but hey, Eli Apple stepping in in a role wherein he was not projected to be a starting boundary corner for this team. He was probably going to be cornerback four, maybe cornerback five. And now he's starting opposite Awuja because of the injury to Trey Waynes, because of the ineffectiveness of Phillips and others. Um, he's stepping in not almost a thousand snaps, defensive snaps from Eli Apple and playing well in this back half of the season. Jermaine Pratt, 692. Uh, Adenogy, the Bengals still kind of have this rotational deal going on at the offensive line, getting uh, just under 51%. Prince getting 35%. Chase getting almost 1,000 offensive snaps. Uh, he's out there for 85% plus of the plays. Jackson Carmen only 42%. Your second round pick, only 42% of the offensive snaps. So that tells you the hit and miss and, and the ups and downs with him. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what the plan is going to be in the postseason with him, but because the Bengals have a guy coming back, we'll talk about that. But big year two. I know we're not looking to, to 22 yet. We're not looking to 23 yet, but a big year two coming up for Jackson Carmen for sure. Jesse Bates out there for 85%, a little bit of a down year by his standards out there. 
Uh, Jonah Williams out there for 95% of the snaps, a guy who has battled injuries his first two seasons and has knock on wood been extremely healthy, pretty solid this year. I wouldn't say absolutely outstanding, but pretty solid. Um, there have been some issues against some speed guys, against some of the, the veteran elite guys, but um, overall, pretty decent year from Jonah Williams, especially on the durability front. Um, you see Tupo getting in there for 410, quietly 410 snaps in there, Josh Tupo. Let's keep rolling on. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, 724 snaps in there for 64%. That shows you he's in there a lot. Logan Wilson, 707. Mike Hilton, 803. Uh, Quentin Spain, 90% of the snaps. Good for him. Riley Reeve, 7-11, and unfortunately they have lost him uh, in recent weeks. T. Higgins out there for 710 snaps. Thought that would be a little higher, but he missed some time early in the season as well. That's something to, to keep uh, to keep an eye on. Really interested to see what Trey, how Trey Flowers is used in this postseason, if, they're, if he's going to continue to be used against tight ends and whatnot. Um, just 13%, 13.5% came in off of waivers, you know, later in the year, but uh, a guy that, you know, should get out there in sub packages. And now you've also got an issue with Ricardo Allen with a concussion concussion protocol. So we'll see what happens next week here. A little bit of a disappointment for me personally down here, 49 snaps, just 49 snaps from big Tyler Shelvin. We knew he was going to be a rotational guy. We knew he was going to be a niche guy, but was inactive most of this year. We'll have to see what happens with Tupo. And if Shelvin gets activated in his stead, not sure. Um, but uh, a guy I kind of had high hopes for, even as a rotational guy, uh, only 4.36% of the defensive snaps. And then, of course, you got Von Bell over a 1,000 defensive snaps. So uh, some of you may find that boring. Some of you may find that interesting, depending on what kind of mindset you have or what kind of, of brain you have there. But um, at any rate, took a little long on that. But I thought that shows a, a good picture, a good snapshot as to what the Bengals are trying to do on defense, what they're trying to do on offense, some su- surprises in terms of lack of snaps or more snaps than you would think from some players. And uh, it also shows that a lot of guys have been healthy. You know, that would be a completely different uh, picture last year, year prior, in terms of amount of snaps, starters and the amount of snaps, how many different guys would be starting and all of that. So um, I found that to be pretty fascinating. And uh, that's kind of looking in the rear view. Now, let's kind of look into the present as we have some roster news. This is again on cincyjungle.com. Um, the, here is the link. I'll pin that for you here. Bengals get Joe Mixon, Von Bell, Trey Hendrickson, and more back from the COVID-19 list. So a lot of these guys were on the list last week. A lot of them didn't play. And uh, that goes into what I was saying in terms of, you know, what last week looked like in terms of who was playing for the team, who wasn't. And it just kind of was a blah game really for both teams. A lot of both teams were missing a lot of important players. So uh, the Bengals more so, but still at any rate. uh, So they returned seven players to the active roster from the COVID-19 list. Von Bell, Trey Hendrickson. B.J. Hill, Trey Hopkins, Joe Mixon, Larry Ogunjobi, Quentin Spain. Name an unimportant guy on that on that list in terms of the Bengals getting these guys back. I I, I mean, those are those are all very important names. Bell, Hendrickson, Hopkins, and Spain have been on the COVID nineteen list since January fourth. 
Hill, Mixon, and had been on it since the fifth, and Ogan Joby was on there in the sixth. They, as I mentioned before, they waived Austin Calitro, a guy that has bounced on and off this roster. Uh, unfortunately for him, the past two seasons was called back to the team in the wake of the Davis Gaither injury, the Logan Wilson injury, all of that. And now um, he, he played in five games with two tackles and then also was a special teams guy, but he is gone. And if you remember, they, they had a ton of new linebackers last year and Calitro was the guy they traded for C- Christian Covington who helped them out last year. But uh, Calitro is no longer with the Bengals. So uh, it looks like the Bengals are uh, essentially a little bit at full strength. So, um, and I'm going to add on to that here with a tweet from one of the local media members. I believe it is, uh, let's see who this is. Is it Charlie Goldsmith? I think, uh, yeah, I think it's the Charlie Goldsmith one. Here you go. Zach Taylor says left guard Quentin Spain will practice today. That is as of this morning, Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon. Um, Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Enquirer reports that Quentin Spain's practicing. So he is back off of that COVID list and he is back with the team. And, and it wasn't just the COVID thing with Quentin Spain. He had an ankle injury that he suffered in that Chiefs game. You saw him kind of wheeling around in the celebration on a little uh, cart for his leg or a little walker thing for his leg. So he was kind of lifting that up and and that didn't look good, but it looks like he's going to be good to go. They were extra precautious. And another guy on a one-year rental deal who has provided a lot of stability on the offensive line. There's still some issues on the interior of the line. There's still some issues just across the line in general. Um, but Spain has been one of the better offensive lineman you could argue he he and Jonah Williams have been the two best offensive linemen obviously and you can make an argument for either this year so uh good for him about coming back to practice and going uh going forward there okay now what's going on with the team as they face the Raiders specifically I mentioned Spain is back and should be practicing Tuesday let's talk about if you're a if you're a gambler or what you feel about this when the Bengals open and I, I mean I guess big in terms of uh the, the postseason and what you feel about that the Bengals open as big favorites against the Raiders as they host them they are I've seen five and a half I've seen six and a half so this has been um, the Bengals open up as six points via DraftKings Sportsbook. I've seen five and a half. I've seen upwards of six and a half. So if you're going to bet on this game, you got to make sure you see exactly where the point spreads. It is varying by a point from five and a half to six and a half in terms of the Bengals being a favorite there. The over under in this game is just under 50 points at 49.5. Now, if you remember, the Bengals throttled the Raiders earlier this year around Thanksgiving time. However, that was a lot. There's a lot of different things for both teams going on, um, both positive and in, in the positive and negative. And that game was not uh, as big of a blowout as that score would indicate. It really was opened up late in that game as a, as a blowout for the Bengals. So um, they're kind of taking all things into account and uh, we'll see what happens here. But the Bengals are um, just under a touchdown 
favorite at home for the Raiders, depending on who you ask. Five and a half ranges from five and a half to six points to six and a half points is from what I've seen. So um, pretty big disparity there. But uh, the, uh, Vegas thinks the Bengals should take care of business in this one, or at least the betters thinks think that at this point. So let's keep rolling. Uh, there are some injured Bengals. There have been some injured Bengals that we've needed to monitor. Um, I think this kind of goes along the lines a little bit with the COVID-19 list, but they appear to be, this is from our fearless leader, Jason Markham. The Bengals appear to be pretty healthy going into this postseason March. Link is in the live chats for you all there. And this is as of yesterday afternoon. Tupo is week to week with an MCL injury. Ricardo Allen is in concussion protocol. So those are two guys really to kind of watch. Other than that, Spain is back, as I mentioned, from the ankle and the COVID stuff. Um, We need to see what happens with these two. If Tupo cannot go this week, it's probably Tyler Shelvin's time, I would think, as a rotational guy. We will see what happens. We'll talk about this more on Wednesday night's show. But after a great rookie season after a subpar second season. Um, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs is, has been the running back for the Raiders has been having a pretty good last month uh, for, for the Raiders here uh, and had a good game against the chargers the other night. Of course, the chargers are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, but still a, a guy to account for. And the Bengals will need to have as many able hands on deck. It looks like, they are pretty healthy overall, but Tupo and Allen, two kind of important rotational pieces on that defense, are two guys to monitor throughout the week. Obviously, we'll have to see what happens Thursday, Friday in terms of their statuses. And we will be able to see if they'll be able to go or not. But that is kind of the, the latest and greatest with the injury front for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, We're going to keep rolling on here. Some more Bengals news. Then we're going to talk some Raiders, a couple of Raiders clips. We're going to talk some AFC North in terms of what's going on with the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens. Then we're going to take a spin around the NFL because there's been a lot of changes and a lot of different stuff going on with some different teams across the league. So we will get to that as well. But some quotes from Zach Taylor, some recent ones. This is from... Our friend Mike Petralia of uh, that, that covers the uh, the Bengals here quote I think it's really good energy. Everybody seems pretty healthy and ready to roll is what Zach Taylor said on on this the team this morning getting ready for its first practice today inside Paul Brown Stadium. A lot has been made yet again because it's very cold in Cincinnati. It will be cold this Saturday uh, as the Bengals prepare to host the Raiders. A lot of talk about the indoor practice facility or lack thereof. Zach Taylor and others um, feel that this may be, this is one of those weeks where it may be an advantage. The Raiders are in the desert. It's cool in the desert in the winter as well, but they are indoors in all likelihood. And the Bengals are practicing out in the elements a bit in the cold. And they are a little bit more used to these elements because it's on their home turf. The Raiders may not be. Uh, I don't know if you want to say this builds toughness. It could also go the other way, depending on what your mindset is. But uh, 
Taylor seems to think, or at least is saying that he thinks that practicing outside and others believe that this may be actually one of those rare times that works. It works in the Bengals favor this week. We'll see. But again, Zach Taylor via Mike Petralia quote, I think it's really good energy. Everybody seems pretty healthy and ready to go, ready to roll in terms of uh, his team, where their mindset is. And uh, let's see if they take care of business. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I already talked a little bit about, there was another tweet out here from Charlie Goldsmith. Um, I already talked a little bit about Tupo and Allen uh, in Spain as well. Um, Taylor did say he's also, quote, I guess I'll pin this for you real quick. Um, He's also optimistic about Cam Sample and... Jalen Davis, um, two guys that are nicked up a little bit. Sample, I think, had had the hamstring issue. I think that's what, what's been bugging him. Um, so uh, that is something to, to – there's two other guys to kind of watch here. That was as of yesterday afternoon. Um, so Cam Sample and Jalen Davis are two other names to watch but uh, on defense. But other than that, it looks kind of kind of pretty good on the COVID and injury front for the Bengals. Knock on wood. Let's hope there's no more issues later this week. Now, if you watched the Raiders-Chargers game, which I think a lot of Bengals fans did because based on the amount of viewers and listeners we had on the late live show while that game was concluding, I was I was talking about a lot of different things on that show. Um, I think a lot of you watched it. If you did, and if you watched the first matchup between the Bengals and the Raiders, um, you will know that Max Crosby is a force to deal with on the edge for the Raiders defense. Uh, he was absolutely manhandling the right tackle of, of the chargers that uh, the other night. And he is a guy that was pressuring Joe Burrow off and did not get it in the sack column the first week. Uh, and Gawkway did, I believe, but not Crosby. So now the Bengals are without Riley reef. They'll have uh, Prince and probably some help, to be able to defend Max Crosby or, or, or block. They're probably also going to maybe try and uh, keep him on his heels a little bit, maybe by running a tiny bit more. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. But Max Crosby has to be accounted for quote uh, from Zach Taylor quote outside of my players in my locker room. He's one of my favorite players in the league. And I believe it was Chris Collinsworth the other night who just said, you know, motor, 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 a guy that's just effort, effort, effort all the time. And he shows it uh, and he does a little bit of everything. Uh, he's just it was omnipresent in the back backfield the other night. It, it was pretty unbelievable to watch. So the Bengals need to have an answer for Max Crosby. They also need an answer for Ngakwe on the other edge there. He's a good player too. Um, but when you've got a healthy and, and pretty steady Jonah Williams playing over there, you don't have reef on the other side. Conceivably you got to, figure out what's what's happening there. So, uh, yeah, Bryson Hallway says, don't forget Yannick. I'm not forgetting about him. I'm not forgetting about him. Uh, 
but obviously Crosby was a very um, important piece and uh, is a very important piece for the Raiders and was so on Sunday. So let's talk about the Raiders as the Bengals get set to host them. Did you know that? Have I mentioned that, that the Bengals are hosting them? (laughs) Uh, Let's start with some bad news for the Raiders a guy who's kind of been a journeyman, a guy who's been an AFC West staple in, on defense, Darius Phylon. He is out for the playoffs with a knee injury. Interior defensive lineman, a guy who played for the Chargers, had a pretty good year with the Raiders, was having a pretty good game until he got injured on Sunday night. But he is out, a big loss for the Raiders in the interior of their defense. He is out with a knee injury. He was injured late in the game. Um, and... uh you know, he, he's, you see here, this is on Silver and Black Pride, which is the Raiders site within the SB Nation network. I will pin that in here for you as well, so you can check that out. But one thing here that they note, Phylon has played very well during, oops, I meant to highlight that whole thing there. Phylon has played very well during the Raiders' current four-game winning streak, and Basaccia said he was on, quote, a roll made some huge plays in the run game Saturday highlighted by stopping the Chargers on fourth and short from their own 18 in the third quarter that went a long way to helping the Raiders win. So again, another item that may play into, if you remember the t- the, the first time these two teams played, Mixon got uh, a lot of, a lot of carries, a lot of looks. And he, I, I think this was one of my favorite games just in terms of a tough yardage perspective from Joe Mixon, but uh, I'd like to go back and look at all of that. Um, but Phylon being out of their the middle of their defense really hurts them and is a boost to the Bengals' interior offensive line, which has been kind of one of their weak points so far in um, this season. So that's that's a that's a big, big piece of news for the Raiders and the Bengals going into this one. Uh, I see falling sloth here in the live YouTube says uh, forecast for Saturday's game is low twenties and potentially snowing. I did hear that. So yeah, that goes into what I was talking about earlier about the Bengals practicing outside and whatnot Um, may benefit them, may not. We'll see. Here is just an interesting kind of uh, again on silver and black pride in the SB nation network, just a little bit of an opinion piece. Um, And this is from Bill Williamson who has covered the Raiders and the NFL for quite a while, a a popular name out there calling them kind of the cardiac, uh, the cardiac kids, or you can't call them the cardiac cats because that was the Bengals as of uh, in the 2009 season, but link pinned in the live chats, cardiac kids. That's what he's calling them. Um, They are mastering close games. Well, they didn't master the close game against the Bengals that they had a couple of months ago. We'll see if that changes, but Um, here you go from Paul Gutierrez of ESPN. The Raiders won their final four games by a total of 12 points, the lowest scoring margin in NFL history by a team to win its final four games. Previous mark of 16 was held by the 1926 Kansas city Cowboys. Now, one of those games against the Browns with their third string quarterback, uh, what this game was, was quite a bit more impressive though. They almost, they almost let it get away. Um, due to Justin Herbert being a miracle man on fourth down and letting this thing go to overtime. But 
hey, I mean, with everything this team has been through, you got to credit them and say, hey, they they won games. They did what they were supposed to do. They got to the playoffs. Uh, this may be a quote unquote team of destiny. I don't know with everything that they've gone on. Is this going to be kind of a storyline thing for them in this game and the rest of the playoffs? I don't know. Um, you also have to figure, I said this on, on Sunday night, that was almost five full quarters late on Sunday. They have to travel. They're playing outside in bad weather, and it's a shorter week because they play on Saturday afternoon. Whereas the Bengals were able to rest a lot of guys, be it by their choice or not. They were able to rest a lot of guys and kind of get a, a little bit of a mini bye week, so to speak. So, you know, and there's always pros and cons with either of those things, but something to think about. Regardless, you got to respect the Raiders for just hanging in there through everything that they have been through this year. And so kind of some interesting stuff. But go check out the Cardiac Kids article at at Silver and Black Pride for the Raiders. And that kind of tells you a little bit of what's going on with the Raiders, how they got to the playoffs. And obviously, a lot of teams giving them help. They took care of their own business by beating the teams like the Browns and the Chargers at the end of the season. But the Colts losing an inexplicable one against Jacksonville. The Ravens going on their slide and all kinds of different stuff occurring in the AFC playoff picture allowed them to kind of sneak in at the back end there. So um, that is uh, that's something to to note. Mark Graves in the Facebook chat says, how is McPherson? Has anyone heard groin injuries usually take three to four weeks to improve? We can't count on him for long field goals if he has groin pain. I mentioned earlier, Zach Taylor did not mention him as an injury issue. The the four guys, Jalen Davis, um, Cam Sample, Josh Tupo, and Ricardo Allen are the guys really to watch on the injury front. McPherson, by all accounts, is, is uh, that I've seen is out there and heard that he's out there. So whether you're concerns where they're they're grounded for sure i mean i I understand what you're talking about in terms of maybe longer kicks etc i think this was a a lot of precautionary stuff just wanted to rest their important players and if you remember mcpherson was absolutely huge in this first game against the raiders in las vegas the Bengals weren't doing much of anything on offense and he hit a number of long field goals in that game. So yes, he will need to be healthy. The Bengals will need to be able to count on potentially some long field goals from him, but he is not being mentioned on the, on the COVID stuff, the injury stuff on this week. It looks like, as, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of hands are on deck. Um, But yes, it has been a little mum on that and we'll have to continue to monitor that. It doesn't sound like, you know, he's someone that's, that's going to be missing the, the game though, at least at this point that I've seen and heard. We'll keep monitoring it, but uh, name wasn't mentioned. Anyway, let's see. Let's go to the rest of the AFC North. And we'll transition to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is on another SB Nation Network site behind the Steel Curtain. Um, and this, their injury concerns are getting them, uh, are, are they, meaning the Steelers, Uh, as they get set to travel to Kansas City for a very, very tough matchup. Um, They might get some guys to return. A lot of guys are hurt in this one. So you see uh, cornerback Arthur Mollet, or Mollet, I don't know, uh, being evaluated for a concussion. Uh, He's in the protocol. Najee Harris left the game with an elbow injury. He did return. Um, 
Robert Spillane had a knee injury. Uh, tackle Dan Moore was replaced with an ankle injury. Uh, Kendra Green, center, starting center. Uh, that's, you know, something to look for. James uh, James Washington was on the reserve COVID list, but he's he's still in pro- protocol. Deontay Johnson left the game briefly Sunday. And then, of course, you had TJ Watt, who has been healthy of late, but he's had a groin issue that's been popping up here and there throughout the, the later part of the season. So those are all things that um, you need to, you need to figure out. If you're the Steelers, you got to navigate. If you're the Steelers, um, Paris Blair says, I think people are counting Pittsburgh out too much against Kansas city. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that I, I mean, I, I, I understand your sentiment and I've said, like I said earlier on this show, this very episode, we can't keep counting out the Steelers. The Steelers are the Steelers and they are there all the time. So um, that's something to uh, something to definitely think about and something to definitely monitor. But at any rate, let's continue on with one other thing on the Steelers, and that is the playoff line. Uh, 2022 NFL playoff picks. Um, you can see here sports line has the chiefs as a big, big favorite in this one. Uh, just how big of a favorite they are 12 and a half point favorites this week. The over under 46.5 money line plus 550 for Pittsburgh minus 800 for Kansas city. Steelers are 16, six and three against the spread in their last 25 games in January. Chiefs are four and against the spread in their last four games as home favorites, but the, the chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites hosting the Steelers this week. Um, kind of giving them a little bit of a snowball's chance and H E double hockey sticks, if you know what I'm saying. So um, I understand Paris's comment there, but, um, there also is a disparity between both of those two teams. And while we're, we're excited where the Bengals are at, the chiefs just went toe to toe with the Bengals on the road, scored a bunch of points. Um, I think this will probably be more competitive than people think, but I, I personally, as I sit here right now, I just, I don't really see the Steelers beating the chiefs again. Can't count out the Steelers ever, ever can't count them out. <laughs> uh, let's move on, finish up the AFC North, and then we will go to the, the rest of the NFL. And then we are out of here. So here is from clevelandbrowns.com and Anthony Poisel, who covers the team Browns offense endures quote frustrating year, but believes the pieces are in place to quote, make it right. While the pieces in place are Kevin Stefanski. You see his picture right there. The head coach. And, of course, Baker Mayfield, the, the Browns, it appears. Um, I heard from Albert Breer on Colin Coward show and others that it appears that the Browns are going to commit next year to Baker Mayfield and see see how it goes there. They think that he, running Stefanski's offense, in a healthier roster, et cetera, is going to be the key. Um, is going to be the key to a big turnaround next year and maybe that next year is the year where they uh are, are 
going to live up to these expectations that were held for them this year. But uh, quote guard Joel, Depo- uh, but Joel Batonio says it was definitely frustrating. I thought after the Kansas city loss in the playoffs, we were a few pieces away from really having a chance to compete for a championship this year. Obviously that did not come to fruition, but I do have faith in this building and I have faith in the building that we're going to make it right. Others uh, echoed similar sentiments, it says, and uh, it looks like Baker Mayfield, uh, he is preparing to have surgery on the non-throwing shoulder, the torn labrum in there. So um, we'll see how that recovery goes for him. For him, while it may be a lengthy one and not a fun one, uh, at least it is not on the throwing shoulder. We've seen you know quarterbacks come back from that uh, to varying degrees. Um, I, I believe Drew Brees had one early in his career. Um, and so, you know, he obviously came back and had a hall of fame career. We'll see. But again, that was throwing shoulder. This is not throwing shoulder. We'll see what happens with Baker Mayfield, but they think they've got a chance to make things right this off season for next season. This is also from clevelandbrowns.com. And this is the team signing eight players to reserve and futures contracts, We've been here if we're the if we're Bengals fans. We've been here in terms of when the season's done. You don't have the playoffs to look forward to. You talk about what's ahead. Well, reserve future contracts. You see six names there, uh, and then there's two more, I believe, below. Yes. So Miller Forrestal, Hajalti Froholt. He was a guy that was kind of a little bit of a late round favorite of an interior offensive lineman recently. Uh, that was a guy that, you know, we looked at for the Bengals. So um, a guy that the Browns have uh, a couple of other, David Moore in there. And then down here, interesting name, defensive end, Curtis Weaver, a guy we, you know, mock drafts. He seemed to land in Bengals uh, circles a lot in mock drafts last year. So Curtis Weaver, a guy, that is on their future contract. So a couple of uh, interesting names that are set to be under contract, reserve or future contracts for the Cleveland Browns. Let's roll on to the Ravens who just really stumbled at the end and a story for them. They can complain about a lot of things and whatever, uh, you know, uh, their fan base can say a lot, but really this headline does say it all for, for the Ravens. Tyus Bowser suffers a torn Achilles, you know, a guy that they really like on defense. And uh, you know, that's just kind of the name of what happened this, this year for the Ravens just beat up at a number of important spots. Very, very low uh, on the depth chart were play, the players that were asked to start and on a number of different spots, running back, cornerback, et cetera. So Tyus Bowser suffers a torn Achilles in the finale. Not good news for him. We'll see what happens in terms of his return for next year. But uh, that is just not not good news for him. Hopefully he recovers well from that injury. Don't like to see that. But uh, that's just kind of unfortunately a little bit of a microcosm for their season. Now we go to Baltimore Beatdown, the SB Nation Baltimore Ravens site. And this is just a, a cool, and I, I know Jake Loke, he's been on this team before, or on this team, he's been on this podcast before, uh, we'll follow each other on Twitter, good, good guy, um, good follow there. But this article is examining the biggest questions facing the Ravens ahead of this offseason. And you look at it, 
and you see that uh, there's all kinds of different things. What what are your plans for a Lamar Jackson extension, especially since he missed time at the end of the season with a bone bruise in his ankle? What do you do with Greg Roman? Um, let him go or run it back on defense. I think a lot of it is kind of what the Bengals are doing is they'll probably add what the Bengals did last year and the year prior. They had some of the, they drafted some guys, they added guys in free agency, but they also did want to rely on guys finally being healthy. So that's probably what, what some of the plan is for the Ravens. How do you go about fixing an offensive line with an uncertain, with uncertainty surrounding most of its important starters? So cool, cool article here asking some critical questions for the Baltimore Ravens as they end their season in disappointment. So check that out. Good article there. Now we're going to head back to Cincy jungle, not for a Bengals centric, article but for the just a little bit of a refresher in terms of the playoff schedule the bracket all that kind of stuff so you see here um of course the Bengals host the raiders uh you see here that the, the tennessee titans hold the top seed and they have a bye this week same with the packers on the nfc side um and so here, here you go right here. Final playoff standings, the Titans. So you've got the Chiefs hosting the Steelers. You've got the Bills hosting the Patriots. You've got the Bengals hosting the Raiders on opening weekend on the AFC side. Packers. Green Bay gets the bye. Buccaneers hosting the Eagles. Cowboys hosting the, uh, the Niners. Rams hosting the Cardinals. That one is the Monday nighter. So here are your schedule and dates, etc. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, the big one, Raiders versus Bengals. Patriots at Bills later that night, 8.15 Eastern. January 16th, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, Eagles at Bucks. 4.30 Eastern, Niners at Cowboys. 8.15 Eastern, Steelers at Chiefs. And then Monday night, you've got Cardinals at Rams at that usual Monday night football slate. And then, of course, you've got uh, Saturday and Sunday games in the divisional round, 4.35 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and 8.15 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and 3.05 Eastern on Sunday, 6.40 Eastern on Sunday. AFC Championship is going to be held at 3.05 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, January 30th. NFC Championship game, 6.40 Eastern on Fox. And you've got Super Bowl on February 13th, Super Bowl 56, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC. And that, of course, is being held at SoFi Stadium. There you go. That's the schedule. Now, a lot of moves, a lot of different stuff moving and shaking in terms of coaches and GMs and all that kind of stuff. This is a really, really helpful uh, article and tracker on NFL.com. So we'll, I'll put that, pin that in here. Um, these videos, man, kill me. Uh, they're just killing me. Okay. Coaching GM interviews. So uh, the Pep Hamilton for the Carolina Panthers, Chicago bears. They're just interviewing all kinds of stuff after getting, uh, getting rid of their coach, Todd Bowles, Brian Dable, Matt Eberflus, Leslie Frazier, Nathaniel Hackett, Brian Leftwich, 
Doug Peterson, Dan Quinn. There's another that's being added to the list. I'll get to that in just a second. And for GM, we're looking at Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, a v, Browns VP of football operations, Morocco Brown, Colts director of college scouting, Glenn Cook, who is a Browns executive, Ed Dodds, Colts assistant GM, Jeff Ireland, Saints assistant GM. Now, as you probably know, um, you know, teams like the Bengals, their coaches aren't, aren't really accessible at this point, but um, you know, some are, but they, you know, if, if there's a hiring situation, it's got to wait, but Eric Bianami, chiefs offensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, Eagles defensive coordinator, Luke Getze. This is for the Denver Broncos, mind you, Luke Getze Packers quarterback. They fired Vic Fangio in case you didn't hear that. Luke Getze, Packers quarterbacks coach, Aaron Glenn, Lions defensive coordinator and longtime NFL quarter, cornerback, Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator, Gerard Mayo, Patrick inside Patriots inside linebackers coach, also played there for some time. Kellen Moore, Cowboys offensive coordinator, a hot name out there. Kevin O'Connell, Rams offensive coordinator, and Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn getting a lot of run from that revamping of the Cowboys defense this year. Jacksonville, who, of course, went through the Urban Meyer debacle and now are uh, looking again. Daryl Bevel, Todd Bowles, Jim Caldwell, uh, Matt Eberflus, Nathaniel Hackett, Byron Leftwich, Kellen Moore, Bill O'Brien, Doug Peterson, and Dan Quinn. Miami Dolphins, there's some talk also, aside from Brian Dable, who is the Bills offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, the 49ers offensive coordinator. There's some talk that Bill O'Brien would be connected there. We'll see what happens. Giants, who uh, got rid of Joe Judge. Rand Carthen, 49ers director. I'm sorry, got rid of their GM. Sorry about that. Uh, Ryan Cowden, Titans vice president of player personnel. Quentin Harris, Cardinals vice president of player personnel. Monty Austin Fort, Titans director of player personnel. Adam Peters, 49ers assistant GM. Joe Schoen, Bills assistant GM. Adrian Wilson, Cardinals VP of personnel. So the Panthers earlier, I mentioned, uh, you know, an earlier interview, they have fired special teams coordinator, Chase Blackburn and offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. That was earlier in the year, Matt Nagy gone from the bears as is their GM, Ryan Pace head coach, Vic Fangio gone from the Broncos after seven and 10 finish urban Meyer gone from Jacksonville. Here's kind of a shocker around the league. The Miami dolphins fired head coach, Brian Flores team started what one in seven. And ended up going nine and eight. Um, so, you know, a lot of, and of course he, he kind of had them pretty competitive in his time there. So that was a little bit of a shocker. And when I heard Albert Breer on Colin Cowherd's show, he just kind of said, the owner said that there just wasn't, it wasn't so much a, a record or not making the playoffs this year. It just was a lack of unified vision, I guess, throughout the, throughout the team. So uh, that's what they're doing. Minnesota gets rid of Mike Zimmer, um, a long and tumultuous tenure there at, at Minnesota. A couple of, um, you know, he's had some postseason success and whatnot, but just could not get over the hump. They finish eight and nine. Uh, and so um, their GM, Rick Spielman, also gone with Mike Zimmer. Uh, offensive coordinator Jason Garrett was fired. And then, of course, they're looking for a new GM as well. Um Offensive coordinator Anthony Lynn parting ways with the Lions. Uh, and then, of course, you've got resigning John, uh, John Gruden. So the Raiders will have an interesting decision to make. I'm sorry, they didn't get rid of Dave Gettleman. He retired. Um, 
I, you know, you know how that stuff goes. Uh, but at any rate, so that's kind of the carousel going on around the league. So, uh, a lot of stuff to catch up with and a lot of stuff to monitor there. We'll see what happens. One name not noted on there. They didn't update that tracker quite yet. This is a new one out here in a standalone article. The bears are going to interview Brian Flores. This is from Kevin Patra on NFL.com. So, um, they are, they're going to go after Brian Flores. It would seem among many other names that I mentioned earlier. So we'll see what happens there. You know, a lot of people after the surprising firing of Flores, a lot of people thought that he would be a hot name out there. A lot of people thought that, uh, that Flores would get a lot of run immediately after losing the job with Miami and rightfully so. And he, a lot of people thought that he would just kind of sit back and wait for the, kind of the offers to roll in a little bit. So uh, we got to we gotta get on out of here, though, in just a, a second. Um, I'm just going to breeze through these next couple, and then we're, we're going to get on out of here. This is a cool article here on NFL.com. You've got five matchups I'd like to see. This is from Mark Sessler, one of their podcasters and writers out there. Um, check this out. And, of course, what is he, he – the Bengals did make one. And I think you heard Dan Horde briefly yelling in that video there. Um, and here you go. There's many others in here, but one of the ones he said here, of course, the Bengals and the Niners as a third time matchup in the Super Bowl. That is his third best dream matchup Two ten 10 and seven teams. And oh, by the way, pretty entertaining game a few weeks ago. The Bengals did not win that one, but a pretty entertaining game a few weeks ago between these two teams. So interesting stuff there from Mark Sessler. And then of course, uh, we've got to do some power rankings and we got to do, uh, bets on this week. And then we are out of here. NFL power rankings. This is from Pete Prisco. The Bengals make the biggest, one of the biggest leaps in, uh, the league. Um, the, you know, let's see where they finish here in terms of start to finish. They make one of the biggest leaps. They are not in the top five behind the Chiefs. They are sixth. Their high-flying passing game will be fun to watch in the playoffs if the protection holds up. It will be a tough out for any team, is what Pete Prisco writes. We'll see what happens. Cincinnati Bengals sixth on the power rankings for Pete Prisco, finishing the regular season, one of the biggest jumps of any team on his list there. Finally, we've got John Breach, son of great former Bengals great kicker Jim Breach. We've got him picking, and he's been, he picked the Bengals over the Chiefs. He's He picked the Bengals over the Ravens again late in the year. Uh, he's been pretty kind of Nostradamus as it goes with the Bengals, at least as I look at these things. Um, you've got Las Vegas at Cincinnati. Who's he got? I haven't, I haven't looked at this yet. Um, and he talks about his dad a little bit, which is kind of cool. So you got to see the whole deal. Um. Come on. I'm teasing you. The pick, Bengals, 30-23 to 23 over the Raiders. Record picking Raiders games this year, 8-9. and nine. Look at him picking the Bengals games, 12-5. and five. So he's 12-5 and five, is John Breach, and he picks the Bengals, 30-23 to 23 over the Raiders. The son of great kick, Bengals kicker, Jim Breach, 
and a great writer for CBS Sports as well. He's got the Bengals winning by a touchdown at home in the wild card round. From his lips to God's ears, right? Thank you, everybody. We're going to get out of here. I'm Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast with CincyJungle.com. We went through a slew of news. Thanks for hanging with me on this Tuesday afternoon. We're going to get out of here. As always, get the show on your favorite audio streamer, iTunes, Stitcher, Spot. Uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of those. Got to subscribe to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Leave us a review if you can. And if you like the YouTube stuff, subscribe. Click the icon down in the corner there. Subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available, as well as leave us a review. Give us a thumbs up if you like what we're doing. Appreciate it. We will see you tomorrow. John Sheeran, myself, Joe Goodberry joining us on the show. Looking forward to that. We've got an interview with Dennis Ackerman of the Believe in Raiders podcast that will be dropping to preview that. We've got listener questions live to cap off things on Friday afternoon with most, if not all, of the Cincy Jungle podcast crew. So looking forward to that. We're going to bring you all kinds of different stuff. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. Saturday can't get here soon enough. Saturday can't get here soon enough. Appreciate you all. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.